This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, June 12, 2013. I'm Caleb Brown. Privacy has been redefined behind closed doors and without input from Americans. Data collection about Americans' communications by the National Security Agency is far more extensive than was previously thought. And it's time for an open debate about how the government views your privacy. Jim Harper, Director of Information Policy Studies at the Cato Institute, offers his thoughts. As the programs of the National Security Agency have begun to come to light a little bit, what have government officials been saying about the benefits to sort of deflect from the criticism of this sort of mass surveillance? When the first revelation about massive surveillance of all telephone communications came out, the best speculation was, and I shared it, that this must be for data mining. Data mining won't catch terrorists, has has a relatively low value, but maybe that's the theory they were operating on. Uh, More recently, it seems that the plan was to collect all this data, uh, store it, warehouse it indefinitely, so that in the future, when suspicion arose about somebody, they could go and investigate that person, his or her contacts and communications. It's a future crime unit, essentially, allowing the databasing of all information uh, about the telephone calls of all Americans so that when any of them come under suspicion, NSA officials could go and look into them. About the time of the founding of the United States, this would have been called a general warrant, and this was a very specific uh, problem that the founders were trying to deal with. We're at a fascinating historical juncture because it's been 230 plus years since we saw a general warrant and one was released to the public. You can download it and read it. It's something that the Fourth Amendment was was passed to eliminate. It's something the Revolutionary War was fought over because, yes, King George issued general warrants allowing his troops to rummage the houses of the colonists. Now we have a general warrant issued by a secret court that allows the National Security Agency to rummage, ultimately, the data that reflects communications of all Americans. Explain the disconnect here between how the NSA has interpreted what Congress passed over successive years and how Congress understands what what they've passed. This general warrant emerges from a secret court, I think, because of the secrecy. Uh, A secret court, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, allows arguments to be put forward in secret, uh, uh, interpretations of law to be crafted in secret. The court decisions themselves are secret. Uh, What appeals there are are secret. This would never, ever, ever happen in an open court simply because of shame and because appeals would, would, would come and surely someone would have figured out that they were talking about a general warrant. Some of the people who've essentially defended the program have said that, well, we've known for some time that this was going on. Uh, Harry Reid, the the, uh, head Democrat in the U.S. Senate, said this is nothing new uh, relative to the past seven years or so. It's true, and it's a strange defense. Uh, This has been going on for a very long time. If something awful has been going on for a very long time, get used to it. It doesn't really satisfy most of the people who are interested in the Constitution. What, what congressional leaders have been told all along, though, is very interesting, trying to, to suss out exactly what's gone on, because intelligence officials use language in a very strange way, and they seem to be reinterpreting not only language but basic concepts like privacy in ways that are congenial to the programs they want to, want to operate. So you had uh, the director of national intelligence, uh, James Clapper, uh, deny 
that any program had data on millions of Americans, even though quite clearly now in retrospect, this program did have data on millions of Americans. Apparently, in the intelligence community and the intelligence community alone, they don't call it collection until the data is converted into human-readable form and made available to an analyst. Uh, that, that is an interesting way of using language, but it also does away with some essential policy rationales behind the Fourth Amendment, which is really about power. It's about whether government will be in a position of power vis-a-vis -vis individuals. So they were able to give themselves power while denying that they had collected information in violation of the Constitution. Ron Wyden and uh, Mark Udall have asked repeatedly for some sort of thumbnail sketch of how many Americans have had their privacy invaded in this particular way, or in several particular ways, and the response that they've received for years, years, has been, we can't really provide you with that level of detail or that much information. These senators, Senators Ron Wyden and Mark Udall, have an incredible amount of patience to suggest what they know, try to learn what they know, and perhaps try to expose what they know through the interactions they've had in hearings, for example, with the Director of National Intelligence and others. Uh, they probably feel that sitting there in front of America, they've been lied to. But again, it's this stylized language that allow James Clapper and General Keith Alexander to say things that, that seem quite untrue to us, but may, they, they may have actually believed to be true. When General Alexander said, we don't have data on American citizens, he may have meant that, we, that there is a machine with data in binary form, but because it wasn't translated into something that humans could read, we don't have it. Uh, that's upside down. And it's consistent with a revision of privacy that the intelligence community has been working on for some time. Dr. Donald Kerr, who was in the DNI's office, gave a speech in 2007 in San Antonio, Texas, where he talked about the old conception of privacy as being about anonymity and those kinds of things. But we're not going to deal with that anymore. Let's talk about privacy as sufficient rules and regulations and inspector generals and, and privacy boards that oversee us, oversee us as we have data about all Americans' communications, finances, and health care. Jim Harper is Director of Information Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.